Hey, 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 sorry about that. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Hey, turn your neighbor and say he got distracted. Maybe. Maybe that was part of the message. Hey, how many of you notice in your own life you get distracted easily? Raise your hand. Yeah. You know, one of the joys of being on stage is I get to see all you get distracted during my message. All right? I get to see the ones that sleep. The ones that are up there counting how many sound panels we have and lights, I see it all. You know, sometimes you're sitting there looking over and saying, man, why did they wear that outfit to church this morning? And you don't know what I'm saying anymore, right? We get distracted. I even get to see how many times you reach into your phone. <laughs> yeah, it got quiet because it got real convicting all of a sudden, right? But we're distracted. And welcome to part three of Surviving Christmas. Our first week, we, let, we were talking about letting go of the things that have us. And it's not about the presence. It's about Jesus' presence in our life this season. Last week, we talked about bitterness and how we let bitterness get in to our hearts. And we got to forgive if we're going to kill bitterness. And yes, we're going to deal with people and friends and family this Christmas season. But today, we're going to talk about letting go of distractions. And I don't know about you, but I notice it's a fight to stay focused. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a fight to stay focused. And today we're going to try to let go of the distractions because I truly believe it's, I believe we enter this season and I love this season. It's, to me, it's the most joyous season of the year is this Christmas season. But I think we enter it with a lot of distractions, if we really pull back the curtain and realize what are we doing this season with our time and energy and everything, I, I think we realize how distracted we are. Here's the definition of a distraction. It's, it's a pulling apart, separating, a drawing of the mind in different directions. And do you realize that you have, if you follow Jesus this morning, you have a spiritual enemy of your soul. And this is exactly what he wants to do to you distracts you, gets you thinking about this thing or that thing and not focus on what's the most important thing in your life. And that's what the enemy wants to do is distract you. And uh, C.S. Lewis came up with something very similar and kind of paraphrased his quote here. He says this about the devil. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. Because when he has you distracted, he'll easily destroy you. Because you're not focusing on what matters most anymore. And that's what we're full of this season is eventually we'll be distracted. We'll forget about Jesus. We'll turn it into everything else. And before you know it, we are 10 days away from Christmas. Before you know it, it's here, it's gone. And all of a sudden the new year, 2020 rolls around and you're sitting there going, what happened to the Christmas season? Where did it go? And to best illustrate this story, this picture right here for you, we're going to jump in. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. Uh, Luke is found in the Newer Testament of your Bible. Luke was a physician who took immaculate detail records as he sat and wrote his letter of everyone who experienced Jesus in his life. But Luke chapter 10, we're told we're going to get introduced to two women. And I'm going to warn you a little bit. Some of you, you're going to see yourself in one woman, and the other of you, you're going to see yourself in the other woman, in their sisters. And Jesus is traveling with his 12 best friends, it's known as the disciples. They're traveling together, and they're going to enter this home of these two women. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38 says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, 
he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now stop right there. I wonder how excited Martha was. Well, was she super excited knowing Jesus? She's heard the stories and everything about who this is. Was she excited that Jesus was coming or was she freaking out saying, uh-oh, I haven't picked up everything yet? Right? Some of you see, you giggle because some of you is like, that would be me. I know Jesus is coming. Jesus, ah, just don't go to the bathroom yet, okay? I haven't cleaned that in a while, all right? But here's Martha welcoming Jesus into her home. And then um, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And then we're told that Martha's too busy doing things. She's distracted. She's making preparations. Why? Because she got Jesus in her home, right? She's got Jesus in her home. So she's over here doing all this thing, getting ready, getting the meal prepped, while Sister Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him. That doesn't sit well with Martha. So Martha came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Excuse me, but tell her to help me right now. And I think to myself right now, it's like, you know, some of us, Martha's just trying to get the table right, right? And I think for some of us, that, that's, for, that's us this Christmas season. It's for some of us who are Martha's. And you're busy. You're doing all the good things. You're getting your little cooking apron on. Because you're ready to make some Christmas goodies. All right? You got a sweet tooth. Sugar, yeah, you're hoping sugar has a fountain and a mountain in heaven when you get there, all right? You're hoping. That's me. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Right? But you're busy. You're, you're, you got you to cook. You got people coming over in 10 days, you know? And so you, you got... You got to get the cookie sheets out. You're starting to cook, and the only ingredient you need during Christmas is sugar. So you got to be stocked up on that. And, and, and you got to bake some other goodies. You know, you got some flour going on. You got you to bake with some flour, and then you pull a little LeBron James out there. And you're cooking. You're cooking, and, and, and stress is getting to you, and you, you know, you may need a drink or two or something. I don't know. I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying. And um, what else? Oh, we got to set the table. So you got to get the dishes and the bowls set. And whew, just trying to do everything for Christmas. And oh, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be baking, aren't I? All right, we got this. And you're, you're going to town on whatever you're baking. Because you got people. And oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. You got to have some healthy item in there, right? So we got to get the salad plates out. Salad, salad. There, there. Now it's, now it's set. And this is where some of you can relate to Martha. I'm doing everything. I got to get everything around for this day. And Jesus, I'm a little sick of another person who's just sitting at your feet. Tell her to help me. And here's what Jesus has to say. Martha, Martha. Little tidbit. Anytime Jesus calls your name twice, you better run and hide. <laughs> Every time Jesus calls someone, it's a complete change of direction in their life. So when I, when I go to bed, I don't know, I don't want to hear Ryan, Ryan. I'll be like, ah, what do you want, God? Just get it over with. Just do what you got to do. 
Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary, your sister, who you're upset at, Mary has chosen what is, what's this one word, friends? Better. And it will not be taken away from her. Was what Martha was doing bad? No. In fact, we need Martha's. You know why? Because food gets put on the table if you're a Martha. Your bills get paid because of a Martha. Your gifts get wrapped under the tree because of a Martha's in your home. We need Martha's. We need to be doing. There's nothing wrong in what Mary or what Martha was doing. What she was doing isn't bad. What Jesus is just saying is there's something better and your sister Mary chose the better option. This is what Craig Rochelle says about this idea. Because we have choices and oftentimes choices will distract us like Martha. And here's what Craig Rochelle says. So often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and and best because Mary chose what's best. Martha, you chose good. And I'm sure Jesus is sitting there going, Martha, I appreciate the meal and preparations you're going to do for me. But it's not the best. And I think we're entering the Christmas season sitting here oftentimes doing all this great thanks because we love it. We want to get it right. We want to prep well. We want to bake well and gain extra more calories. So in 2020, we put lose weight on our New Year's resolution, whatever it is. That's more funny than you're laughing right there, all right? Maybe it was a little too personal, all right? I get that, right? But it's between good and best. I'm sitting here going, how are we ever gonna choose best? If you're ever gonna choose best, you gotta diminish the distractions. Turn to your neighbor and say, diminish the distractions. Distractions. If you realize every demonic force on earth, the enemy of your soul will do everything to get you off track and distract you from what matters most. Especially, I think, during this Christmas season. Because, again, I love this season. We have consumerized it way too much. Way too much. Way too much. And I'm just saying, what does it look like for us to get rid of this stuff and bring it back to Jesus? Jesus, this is about you. And let's celebrate that. Here's what Paul, I got to take this dumb thing off anyways. Here we go. Um, here's what Paul, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Hey, Frank, come up on stage for a minute. Come here. I can't get this. I think I nodded it. You could tell how often I put these on. How many of you bake goodies? Like you're a Christmas, ah, oh, good for you guys. That's awesome. Thank you, Frank. Um, so here we go. Paul's writing to the church in Corinth. He's going to remind them of something. Those first-time followers of Jesus, hey, I need to remind you something. I started your church. You have a great pastor now. But I'm writing back to you to remind you of one thing. And this is what he says. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. And then I thought to myself, wow. That's good. But our society that we lived in, we are full of distractions. 
full of distractions that actually get in the way also of not just this Christmas season, but from following Jesus with our best. And then I realized, you know what there is? There's something called the Trinity. But I think we have an American Trinity. It's God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy iPhone, everyone. The Holy iPhone. Right? Here's the, I was looking statistically on the, on the iPhone of what the average American, you will grab your phone every 12 minutes to look at it. We're just a little bit distracted. Do you know on average... On average, you will spend two hours perusing your phone looking at social media. I'm not against social media. It's just when it's distracting, that's, then it becomes a problem, right? Do you know on average, the American, the average American will spend seven years of their life scrolling through Facebook? Scroll, like, scroll, post, scroll, like. Scroll, smiley face. <laughs> Seven years of your life will be wasted on Facebook. You know, Apple did a wonderful thing. Uh, I'm, I'm just an Apple guy, but um, they came out a couple of years ago with screen time. So it monitors how much screen time you're on your phone. And like when you first look at that, you got to repent. It's like shocking. It's like, ha, ha, ha. I did not do that, did I? And then I realized, you know, I, I, before first service, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at that screen time report. What did I do last week? And after I repented and realized, man, I spent a lot of time on my phone. I only, this is awesome, I only averaged last week 17 minutes on my phone per day. Yeah, I was like, yes, a win. But listen, a month ago, it ain't like that, I promise you. That was a win, but it took me four weeks to get there. But I think for some of us, man, this season, we just need to unplug from this thing. Just set it aside. Delete apps that are distracting to you. I mean, for some of us too, and I, and I, love, I love Netflix. I love Netflix. But I think maybe for some of us, we just need to unplug from this thing for about the next 10 days leading up to Christmas and refocus on what really matters most. Refocus. And maybe for some of us, you... you, you Mom and dad, I'm just chilling watching Netflix. You ain't chilling, you're necking. That's what you're doing, right? <laughs> Parents, if you ever heard your kids say chilling and watching Netflix with their boyfriend, girlfriend, they ain't. I'm going to tell you that right now, all right? That's a parenting advice to you parents out there. It's funny because it's true, all right? You go and ask them. But here's the thing. Maybe for some of you, your boyfriend or girlfriend is your distraction. Dump that distraction and let God upgrade you to a better one. Woo! Come on. <laughs> Yeah, definitely getting hot up here now. All right, here's, here's for some. Some of us realize, oh, wow, I didn't even realize 10 days till Christmas. Ryan, I'm hosting. Ha, I got to go here. I got to buy everything because I, I'm Martha this Christmas season. I got to prep it all. And I'm not prepared. I'm going to be distracted in the 10 days leading up to Christmas because and I get it why you're, you can get so distracted is because all we want is this during Christmas time, just some joy and peace. And make sure that that Christmas dinner is, or lunch or whatever it is, it, it's good. I just want to make people happy. But the issue is getting there oftentimes is distracting. And we lose focus. And maybe for some of you, you're like Pastor Josh and like, yeah, 
I still got to do that. And I'm not doing it today, so that means I only have nine days. And so the next nine days, you're just looking on Amazon, increasing your screen time on your phone because you want it here in two days, which is awesome. Everything I've ordered so far from Amazon this season has come the next day. It's awesome. Not that I do it on my phone, but it's there. We got to learn to diminish the distractions. So this week, in prayer, I'm just asking God, how do we do this? Because they're everywhere. Distractions are everywhere. Again, not all distractions are bad. Am I saying social media is bad? No, right? I think social media is just not the best. And I think it can cause us to be on it for far too long that we miss ever being with Jesus in the first place. That's where the distinction is. So in my prayer time, I'm just asking God, what is it? How how do we do this? How can we live into this well in our own lives? And then in my quiet time, I was in Matthew. And I I hit Matthew chapter 14. And it dawned on me, I have heard this story a hundred times in church. It's the story of when Peter walks on water. And we're told that Jesus sends his disciples, his 12 disciples on the boat, says, see you later, get across the lake, I'll meet you over there. Jesus goes up into the mountains to pray. Get alone time, you know? A little R&R, like, I'm done with people. I need to connect with my heavenly Father. He goes up on the mountain and prays. And in the midst of that, we're told that there's a storm on the lake. And the waves and wind are just massive. And Jesus sees them out on the lake. And he begins to walk on the water and come to them. And we're told in the midst of it that the disciples see Jesus coming on the water, but they don't recognize it's Jesus yet. They think it's a ghost. And all of a sudden, Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out. Jesus says, all right, come on. And I'm thinking to myself, too, in the midst of it, you know what? That's not wise, Peter, because there's still winds and waves, and you're still in the midst of the storm. Who in the world wants to walk on water in the midst of these crazy waves? And I'd love to put myself in the story. And so Peter decides, all right, that's Jesus. I'm going to go out there. And I thought to myself, if that was me, what would I do? And I would hold on to the boat be like, all right, Jesus, I see you. Jesus, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's big waves everywhere. All right. I'd I'd, I'd, step out and just test it with my big toe first. Big toe doesn't sink in. I go to my foot. All right. All right. You sure, Jesus? Lord, 
save me. And Jesus grabs him out of the water. And it says, when they climbed into the boat, then the wind died down. And I'm like, all right, God, I know all this happening. So what's so revealing? Peter lost sight of Jesus, got distracted by everything else. Watch how, watch how he refocused. Then those who were in the boat, what did they do, friends? I need to 